The Apostle Paul had a burning desire, a life-death question. Find out what it is on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin Kim and you're on Inverse and in the studio I have my friends Israel and Sebastian and Callie. Hello. Hello. Hi. We've been looking at the topic of death and not just death, death, but beyond death, what the Bible has to say about the afterlife. We've been looking at different aspects of uh, the words for death, the words for soul, the words for hell, and now we're looking at different portions of scripture that are a little difficult to understand. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and look at Beyond Death. You can download the Bible study guide and you can also go to hopetv.org slash inverse and look at the back episodes, previous, previous episodes that we have about Beyond Death. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 1 and Israel, can you pray for us before we read scripture? Let's pray. Our gracious Father in heaven, thank you for another day of life that you've given to us, and we thank you for this great privilege that we have to study your word. We pray that your blessing would fall on us as we study, that you would help us to also understand and to apply scripture to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Kelly, let's go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 through 26. All right. Verse 19 starts with, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor, yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you, with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Awesome, thank you, Kelly. Mm -hmm. Sebastian, what have we covered in the past couple of weeks? What have we established? What death is and what happens after death and the meaning of life? And just you know, say that in, a, in about two sentences. Awesome, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have talked about the authority, right? On which you get your understanding of what happens yeah. when you die, mm -hmm. right? Genesis, the serpent. Um, then we, we kind of talked about the importance of words, right? That words matter and understanding these terms in the Bible and how sometimes translation can confuse us and mislead us. We did several word studies. Correct. Yeah, on the, yeah. Through those Old Testament, New Testament. Then looking at the resurrection and understanding the bodily resurrection and what was involved in that mortality versus immortality. Mm -hmm. um, and then dealing with the assurance of that in 2 Corinthians 5, and the hope that it brings, but yet at the same token, understanding that there's these three options, right? Mm -hmm. This mortal body and our immortal body and then being naked or unclothed is death, mm -hmm. right? That was equated to that. Um, and then we, we also kind of build off of that into our, our study today where it's the same author, Paul, who is still dealing with that same sort of angst that we alluded to in that previous episode. Mm -hmm. 
So when we die, we do not burn eternally in, in I don't know why I'm doing this, but simulating the, the, the flames. <laughs> the that we are not, God does not torture the wicked, but right. we are sleeping. Yep. And at a certain point in the future, Jesus does come and we are resurrected from the dead. And when we go to heaven, we receive new bodies. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and, oh yeah, yeah, that's where we are. Mm -hmm. And then there's some, there are some passages in scripture that may seem like, wait, doesn't the Bible say, wait, doesn't the Bible say? Yep. And this is one of those, wait, doesn't the Bible say? Mm -hmm. And we're going to try to clarify that one today. Yeah. Um, there is, well, describe what is going on in Paul's life in Philippians. What do you know about, just let's just start from there, just kind of zoom out a bit and we'll, go, we'll zoom into Philippians. Mm -hmm. What is this early on or is it later on? And what, what, is, what kind of questions is he asking himself? So this is later in Paul's ministry. Yep. Um, he's in prison. Um, and while he's in prison writing this letter, you know, Paul is really thinking about his life. You know, mm -hmm. he's been through a lot in 2 Corinthians 11, right? You, you see about the stuff he suffered, shipwrecked, thrice beaten, mm -hmm. you know, all these types of stuff. And so Paul is really having sort of an existential I won't say crisis, but a sort of reflection on, you know what, how do I want to proceed? Like you, everybody gets to a point where you start thinking, maybe I can just do something else or maybe I can just rest. Mm. And Paul is kind of in that sort of place where he feels that desire to rest from his labors, mm. but also he sees the enormity of the need that still exists to spread mm -hmm. the gospel. Mm -hmm. And in other ways, I mean, if you look at the book of Philippians, it's a very practical book. Mm. Paul is dealing with all different kinds of things in his life, and there are certain themes that come out. One of them is, whatever state I am, I've, I, I'm, I'm to be content, right? I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. That's in Philippians mm. 4, verse 11. Um, you know, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. All of these different themes, uh, Paul is essentially saying whether I'm at the peak of my experience or, in, or whether I'm in a valley, I've learned this idea, I, I've learned uh, the ability to be able to master my circumstances and not allow my circumstances to master me. And so all of this comes into context within the fact that he's now, as Sebastian just re, uh, said, he's now in prison. And in prison, it's obviously a valley in his experience. Not only that, but to add to all of this, there's something that is going on even within the Christian churches that he's, that he's established, beginning mm. with verse 12 all the way to verse 18. You find that there are some people who are preaching the gospel, and then there are other people who are preaching the gospel for personal gain, which would be something that would discourage someone, right? I mean, if you imagine Paul, Paul's in jail, he's, he's in jail because he's preaching, he's established these churches, and, and for establishing these churches, he's in jail, and now some of his quote-unquote disciples who are out there are now doing the same thing, and instead of suffering the same thing he's suffering, they're like they're like they're doing it for personal gain. Mm -hmm. And so, Paul, this would be a discouraging situation for Paul. Right. Uh, it would it, it would tend to bring discouragement to any individual, and that's kind of what he's what he's going through. Yeah, very awesome. It's, I mean, it's crazy. In verse fifteen, chapter one, fifteen, uh, some indeed preach Christ even of envy, strife, some of goodwill. Verse sixteen, the former preach of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. I mean, some are doing out of selfish reasons. Some are even attacking Paul in the process of preaching. But Paul doesn't care. He's like, well, He's like, that's great. They're all preaching Jesus. That's right. yeah. The gospel is preached. That just shows you the, <laughs> the focus, but also the the enormity of, of, his, of the calling that Jesus has placed on his life, that mm -hmm. no matter, he's not, he's not even judging motive here. Yeah. Um, and now from that context, he's thinking about what do I do with my life? He's in jail. Uh, these are one of the prison letters. And he's like, what, how do I, well, how do I, he's, he's in a contemplative 
yeah. stage of life, uh, yep. if, yeah. if, if I can say that. Yep. So um, give and me the context of well, so yeah. Because if we can also, because we're going to be addressing this important passage, but then this passage is sandwiched between two main points that he's trying to make. The first point is that he is in jail, that people, uh, that he is suffering because of people, so forth and so on. And then when you get into Philippians chapter 2, mm -hmm. he's talking about the ultimate passion that he's got, the ultimate passion in his heart, which is unity in the church. Mm -hmm. And there he's actually comparing his, he's not comparing his experience with Christ's experience, but he's, he's putting his experience within the context of Christ's experience. Mm -hmm. And so he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, you know, even though he was equal with God, took upon him the form of a human being, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Yep. And so he's kind of placing his own struggles, his own challenges, his own difficulties within the context of the greater challenges that Jesus went through. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, look, what I'm going through in life right now, I'm in prison. People are taking this opportunity even to attack me. Some are preaching Christ. And, and some are preaching Christ for uh, selfish gain. At the very same time, now in addition to all of this, the faithful, right, from the context of what's going on, the faithful in the church, there's also strife among them. Like, I'm better than you, I have better, you know, a better, uh, I'm, I'm a better Christian <laughs> than you are, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And so he's saying, if there's any, and this is actually his pastoral appeal, right, in, in verse uh, 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there is any comfort of love, is there any, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection of mercy, now he says in verse 2, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. He's saying, look, if you really love me, if you really have mercy on me, uh, you know, you, you tell me about all these things that are going on outside. If you really care about what's going on and how uh, and, and want to make me happy in prison, then fulfill my joy by being like minded, by being of one accord of one mind. So this is this this passage that we're dealing with is sandwiched in between these two things, his mm. own his own personal experience and then also the experience of Christ, which reflects what's going on in the church. And I mm -hmm. think this is intrinsic, right, to our, our theme for the quarter because, you know, looking at that joy comes first from Paul's dilemma, which he's really, for the rest of the letter, kind of giving us his answer to, what, to that dilemma of when you go back to chapter one and he's essentially, you know, grappling with which, which is better for him in verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And he's ultimately trying to grapple with, okay, if I, if I live and continue to live and, and, do, and engage in this ministry, this, this is what it means to be like Christ. But if I die, I have nothing but to gain, right, mm -hmm. ultimately. And I think the question of death is like, is Paul really saying, hey, let me die and go to heaven right now, or do I stay here on earth and continue to do ministry mm -hmm. and serve the church? And that dilemma is intrinsic in the belief that in, in the immortality of the soul in the belief that, hey, once I die, I go straight to heaven. So then, well, why would I continue laboring here on earth, going through all these persecution? I'm locked up in prison in a Roman prison when I could be in heaven mm -hmm. and just allow myself to die. Hey, hopefully I get martyred and get killed and go to sleep, rest from my labors and I can walk forever with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, based on what we studied so far, you know, which we're going to get into that, that's not necessarily what Paul is saying and longing for. Well, that seems to be the main, the main question, yeah? Verse 20, 21, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Should I live or should I die? Yeah. Uh, I mean, is that a question that, you, that we ask ourselves today on, 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 on a daily <laughs> yeah. basis, you know? 
I'm just thinking of like Shakespeare and Hamlet and you know, the, like, to be or not to, <laughs> to be, be, and he's yeah. holding that skull and like, should I die or should I live? And the basis for that question is the pain that he's going through and the, the depression and like, is it worth living? This is not that. Right. Right. This right. is on a different level. Right. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, what, 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 what is, what is Paul weighing? What, what, what is the A's and the apples and oranges here? In verse twenty-three, he says, "For I am hard pressed between the two, having desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better." And mm -hmm. this is, this is also the crux of the issue here. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, so he's saying he could, you know, depart at any time. Mm -hmm. But it's again, it's as we've talked about. I think it was the previous episode about the three options mm -hmm. that Paul brings forward. So yes, there's the die, right? Verse twenty-one, there's mm -hmm. to remain, which is in several verses, and verse twenty-three is like if I could just skip to the good part again, if I could just depart and be with my Lord, mm -hmm. that would be so great. Like I desire to be there. And so he has these two loves and these two desires that he has. One is to be with his, his Lord, to be with his God, to just be face to face. Not that he actually has that option right in front of him, but he's like, that would be so great. Like I'm desiring just being in the physical presence of my Lord. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he desires to fulfill the calling on his life. Mm -hmm. And that is to minister to the people that God has sent him to. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not one or the other. He's just like, he's just expressing his desires, the two things that cannot be at the same time. Mm -hmm. They can't happen at the same so time. So here Paul has to make a decision and we need to take a break right now. So when we <laughs> come back, we'll see what he, what he decided to do. So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're in Philippians 1 and Kelly. Yeah, so continuing on in verse 24. So yep. he, he has those, he's expressing his desires and there's two different things. Verse 24, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with, with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Hmm. So he's, he kind of like has this just like, expression of like, I just want you guys to know where my heart's at. Mm. Like, I want you to know, like, I just, I would, I long to be there. But at the same time, like, I choose to stay and continue to minister. I choose to, to fulfill the calling on my life. And it's also not like, he's not like, so I guess I'll stay with you guys, even though I hate you, <laughs> but I guess I'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. he's, the, all these people he's ministering to, like, their journey with Christ brings him so much joy. Like he loves his ministry. He loves ministering to people, planting churches, helping people. Like he loves, he loves his life. And so seeing that desire, like he desires to be with his Lord, but he also desires to do the thing that God has put on his life. Um, and so to me, this is a side point. This also shows that ministry isn't supposed to be something that we do because we're like, well, you know, I hate this, but I love God. So I guess I'll just suck it up and do mm. it. But it's like ministry, like, Paul had the heart of Christ because Christ put it there. And we can have that in the same things that God calls us to do, the kind of ministries, even when it's hard, even when you're writing letters from prison, like mm -hmm. you can have such an experience that uh, Israel said, you know, you can learn in any condition to be content. And even when you're like, I long to put off this tent, I'm mixing Bible verses now, like I long to, to have this different experience. It's still Paul, so it's okay. <laughs> I, I long to, to be, to be with my Lord face to face, that there's still a joy in 
in living out his life mm -hmm. to those around us. Mm -hmm. And I think Paul's sharing yeah, that and, here too. And sorry, and I, and I don't think I don't think you're you're stretching it there, Kelly, because it is the same author, and there there does seem to be an allusion to Second Corinthians chapter five dealing with the tent and the structure, because yeah. mm -hmm. he says in verse in verse 23, it says, "For I am hard pressed between the two." having a desire to depart and be with Christ. That's the whole, the same exact concept, yeah. Present with the Lord. Um, yeah. uh, which is far better. And so Paul, I think, is essentially making the same point that he here that he's making in 2 Corinthians, mm -hmm. this idea that it's better for him to be with Christ. That's what his desire would be. So great. Yeah, it, he wants to fast forward <laughs> that. So it's not, yep. it's not, it's, there's no need to apologize for that. That's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. I think what's important also here to note is the fact that Paul, when you take into the context what, what he's trying to say, it, it gives you the picture that he's essentially saying, I know that I'm going to be delivered from prison. That's his essential point, right? In verse 19, for, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and, uh, and the supply of the, of the spirit of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, he's saying, I know I'm in jail. I know that all of this is happening. But at the end, I know that I'm going to come out of this. Mm -hmm. Why do I know that I, through your prayers and whatever? I know that I'm going to come out of this because I know I still have a work to do. Mm. And he says, granted, even though I know that, by the way, this is not the best option in case anyone's thinking that, you right. know, right. like really my best was. option is not deliverance from jail. I actually don't mind dying is yeah. what he's saying, right, right. you know, but but I know I'm not going to die because I need to continue to to do my work. My work is not done. I mean, it's almost as if he's 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 kind of positioned himself in thinking that I'm about to die. Mm -hmm. Like this is a good position to be in. I'm in yep. jail and like and he's so minded. He's it's so minded with the with the life and, and, and death of Jesus mm -hmm. that through my death, how many more people could could be I mean, uh, yeah. could be driven to the cross? Like, yeah. I mean, he's he's like this is like a win win <laughs> scenario for yeah, him. Yeah, either way, I'm good. Yeah. And for every Christian, <laughs> yeah. right? Because when you when you think about it, if you are a faithful Christian and a true disciple of Christ, you understand Paul's heart. You understand the fact that I see the need of the Philippians, quote unquote, around me in the ministry that's still present in the lives of people because I used to think of the concept of martyrdom as an honor when I first was coming into the church. And one thing that uh, the family that, that baptized me used to do every Friday night was they would read from Fox's Book of Martyrs, right? Mm -hmm. And you read about these people yes. who gave their lives to Christ, right? And sealed it with their own blood. But it wasn't until, you know, you develop close relationships on earth, like with you guys, or, and I remember talking to Israel at Cadoba when Cadoba first opened where we were living. Uh -huh. And uh, I was telling him that, you know, it would be hard for me to be in heaven and know that he wasn't there. And to recognize that when you feel a connection to people, all of a sudden that martyrdom isn't as attractive. And then when I got married and have kids, it's the same. So it's like, I'd be willing to die for Christ mm -hmm. and that would be far better. But the recognition of the need to say, there's still things I want to teach my son. There's still things that I want to experience with my daughters that for me to be there for them in this type of ministry in this way compels me to say, even though this option is far better, this is the ministry of Christ. Mm -hmm. This is what it means to be Christ, which is to come down from heaven, from the worship of angels for the sake of someone in need. And that's what Paul is essentially saying. This is the dilemma that any person goes through who believes in that hope but yet is willing to sacrifice mm. for the sake of the need of those around him mm -hmm. on a lower level. Which provides an important answer to the Christian experience because if you think about it, if when a person dies, right, 
that's the end of life and, and you're in a sleep. And just like when you sleep and you wake up, the next thing you know, you are in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's obviously the best option to go to sleep <laughs> and wake up and be with Christ. Sounds great. Right. That would be the best option. Take and so the question is, why isn't it that every, you know, we should then, you know, tell everyone at a certain point in time, let's all kill ourselves so that the world ends. <laughs> and then, you know, Jesus can come, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a reason why we don't take that approach. There's also a reason why uh, we don't take, well, I won't go into that, but there's a reason why we don't take that approach. <laughs> and, and the reason for that is that there's a world that needs to know about the love of Christ for them. Yep. We need to expand the kingdom of God. And so that's essentially what the passage is about. It's not about, you know, dying and immediately going to heaven with some kind of a weird uh, spirit. It's actually the passage is about Paul, his desire to die because his circumstances are so bad yep. and difficult, uh, 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 clashing with his need to do a work for the Philippian church that he has started and, and is ministering to. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it's, right. It's through this vignette, we're actually, we can kind of scratch open the purpose for the Christian's life on this earth. Yeah. yeah. Um, let, let, me, let me ask you, and this isn't to, 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 to uh, try to be a difficult, but here he says, and this is the golden question, verse 23, I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Uh, we know from other texts that him being with Jesus, it's not immediately with Jesus. Right. Uh, but can we, can we, can we, is it only through other texts or can, do we find any hints within the text there that he, uh, that he means? Well, I think you're saying... Yeah, I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm just asking you guys. And, 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 and it's okay. It's okay. Paul can have... We can cross-reference other texts. Well, I think without... Because I do want to eventually go to 2 Timothy. Yeah. But I think even within the text, when he goes into verse 24, nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Yeah. Right? The, the idea of remaining in the flesh connects back to 2 Corinthians 5, which is to be further clothed. Mm -hmm. Right? So being with the Lord wasn't not being in a body, right? Mm -hmm. That's not having a body. It's not being a spirit and a soul floating outside. It was to be further clothed. Mm -hmm. So here when we see Paul is like to remain in the flesh is more needful for you than right to depart, right? Which he mm -hmm. deals with in the previous verse and to be with Christ, which the assumption of that, that flesh is not just talking about a, the lack of a physical body, mm -hmm. but he's talking about this flesh in terms of this weak flesh, right, this mortality. Mm -hmm. So I think there are hints at it in the text that he isn't necessarily talking about a out of body okay. spiritual, mm -hmm. you know, right. journey to, to God. But I, I think. I think within the text for me, I, I find it hard to see that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's why we don't build a theology based on an isolated text. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. I think the, he does say, you know, it would be better for you to be with Christ, which is something that to me, I, I, I have been looking at, man, is there, this text kind of is, it seems to be directing that way. And that's why we don't build a theology off one text. Yeah. There's many different reasons uh, that you can make up for why he would say that. Like when a person dies, you know, the, 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 the death of that person is still in, the, in God's memory. It's kind of with God. Earlier, what Callie was saying in 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 5, you know, you're, you're present with God. You have the tent versus the, the, uh, the building. You know, when a person dies, immediately the next thing that they know is this uh, being with Christ, right? Yeah. And so there's all of these different things that the whole of Scripture shows us. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why it's a, a it's a problem text because it says things that seem to be contrary yeah. or contradicting what the rest of Scripture teaches. Yeah. But that's no, like Sebastian said, I mean, there's hints, but it's yeah. not crystal clear. Right. And then in those instances, like like you, like you wonderfully said, we kind of put those texts on pause and we look at what all the other texts say, and there should be a kind of consensus on all these other texts, yep. and we view this one quote problematic text through the lens of all these, not this problematic, and take that as the lens and view right. everything else. Right. Yep. Right? Yep. So I'm just trying to make sure, like, if sometimes it's not clear, and that's, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kelly. I say just another hint is about, like, sometimes you can say something, and it's not about what somebody's trying to make it be about. Mm. Like, he's not yeah, trying yeah, to explain sure. what happens after you die. In right, it's text. not a state of the day. He's just text. like, I can't wait right. to see Jesus. People are like, so you're saying yeah, right, right, right. we go straight to heaven. Right, He's right. like, now I'm just saying I want to hang out with Jesus. Right. Why are you talking to me like right, that? Right, right, and right. So, it's more a revelation of his heart, his desire to yeah. be with God. But whether that's immediate or not, that's, exactly. that's right. Yeah. One place that is clear, and we'll get to 2 Timothy for uh -huh. sure, but I, I do want to <laughs> Maybe. Maybe just week. establish the clarity of it is 1 Thessalonians 4, yep. uh, which is pretty clear. And in this passage, it's clear what Paul is say, mm -hmm. saying. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, <laughs> that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Yep. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Yep. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And here is, he's with the Lord there. Yep. Yeah. So yep. we yep. see that this passage is very clear and we view uh, Philippians 1 through the lens of 1 Thessalonians 4. And I think, I think as, as was said earlier before, the purpose of the Philippians text is not to give light on what happens when you die or after mm -hmm. you die, mm -hmm. but clearly 1 Thessalonians is for that purpose. He's like, comfort one yeah. another with these words. It yes, is an yes, instructional yes, text. Yes. As it begins in verse 13. I don't mm -hmm. want you to be ignorant mm about <laughs> those who have fallen asleep, mm. right? Mm. Why? So that you will not suffer as those who have no hope. Mm. And so then he begins to build this case about what happens when you die by referring to what happened when Christ died. Mm -hmm. When Christ died, he was buried uh, and then he rose again. And so in the very same way, when we die, we are buried and we will be raised again when Christ comes. Mm. And so, right. Which the cool thing is now with that all, all, all kind of cleaned up in light of these hard truths and in the framework that when we die, we sleep, Jesus is coming, then we, we can study where Paul's uh, purpose in life is, where his desire, where his experience is in the line of that framework. That's right. Yeah, and that's, I think that's it's a healthy Christian New Testament experience. Amen. Old Testament experience. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Sebastian. We run out of time, Sebastian. We it's, can't. It's, it's all right. One minute on the clock, Sebastian. <laughs> so I was just going to mention, because I know we don't have time to go there, but in 2 Timothy 4, he yes. says in verse 6, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, right? Which he's going to give me on that day mm. and to all who love his appearing. So Paul is using that same language of departure mm -hmm. at the same time in Philippians, but ultimately telling us what you should be doing is fighting the good fight, keeping the faith. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's what he chose to do. Amen. 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 That's our desire for here at this table. Hopefully that's your desire to have that burning desire to be with Jesus in the framework of the state of the dead. That's our prayer for you to have that purpose that God wants to spread the gospel in our lifetime or through our death, glorify him in some other way. Life or death is not a factor. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week here in Inverse.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.